we learn something about the world, we leave marks on it, little handprints as a record of our clumsy exploration. We discover things as if we were the ones to bring them into being, lovingly name them, and leave our impressions as fact for the next person to follow our path. The history of the world changes every time we discover it, as we change to meet it. Welcome to Sword of Symphonies. I am your host, your king, and your scientific method. It's me, Kat. Hi, Kat. Hi, Kirsten. Hello, Science Cat. Science Cat today. Hello, Kirsten and Nick. How are you both doing today? Uh, sciencey, and eh, not really, but it, it it fits with the flow, eh? Well, no, but you tried, but <laughs> I guess I'm not exactly scientific. I'm more the uncontrollable variable, unknowable phenomenon, if you will. Yeah. She's always method acting. It's Cur- it's Kathleen, rather. Not Kirsten. It is Kathleen, rather. It's Kathleen. It's rather Kathleen. It's rather Kathleen tonight. Sort of particularly Kathleen. Oh, I'm glad to hear that. And 50% method, 50% madness, our special guest Bill is here. <laughs> Hello. Hi. Hi, it's me. I'm Bill from online. It's Bill from online. Hello, Bill. From online. Hi. Thank you for letting me come back. (laughs) After last time. (laughs) Speaking of last time, previously on Sword of Symphonies, the party met with the proprietor of a mysterious little speakeasy hidden behind a mysterious little pharmacy in the Coral Coast. They met Cecile Fontaine and quickly picked up a tip as to where they could find these coveted violet bat bells, the plants whose hallucinogenic pollen everybody is desperately trying to get their hands on, mostly for research purposes, usually for research purposes. It's not in a safe place, but that's never stopped our party before. And now it is evening. Everyone has finished making their preparations, which took them all day. And no one found anything ominous about that as the party began to set out. Look, nighttime is pretty and we wanted to go when it was pretty. It's also cooler out. It's calmer out. Like, we know the maps are still good for at least a couple more hours. Yeah. And as the sun begins to set, the ocean breeze is gentle and cooling and the searing heat of the tropics seems just a little milder. As the shadows grow, it's downright comfortable on the coral coast as the stars peek out from a slate black sky. Is there anything else you'd all like to do before setting out? Um, I think Penelope picked up some supplies and pocket snacks while she was shopping. You know, things for the party while they're hiking. What are the, what are the pocket snacks, if I may? Um. No, Kirsten. You can just say things. <laughs> if I'm asking you what the pocket snacks are, it's because I want you to say things. Because I like when you say things. Is that loose ham hanging out of your pocket? 
<laughs> and that's the other thing. If you don't define the pocket snacks, he will. <laughs> that's <True>. a threat. <laughs> so I think Penelope has learned about pocket snacks from before, like uh, mm. when she learned about oranges. So I think she grabbed some tropical fruit with some sort of rind. Um, maybe some like nuts, maybe. Yeah. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Some kind of nuts. Some kind of nuts. And yes, curd meats like ham. I mean, it's salted, right? So it's fine. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, plus it exfoliates your legs if it leaks at all. It <laughs> is. Pollyanna gives you a look as if to say you've outdone yourself this time. <laughs> Red, are you planning to throw that at the shore cat again? Oh, I mean, that's definitely an option. I mean, it helped last time, so it's good to have on hand, just just in case. Well, if you don't eat it before it gets smelly, I'm going to throw it to a shore cat. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if it goes off, we can just use spices or like BBQ sauce or something. Throw some barbecue Person. sauce. That doesn't seem like what sauces are for. <laughs> the GM realizes that the only NPC in the scene is a cloud elk who cannot speak. <laughs> right. <laughs> And so they are left to just stew in their own juices, <laughs> much like Penelope. <laughs> Penelope, I am, I am almost positive that sauces are made for the exact opposite of that, but... Penelope takes out a piece of ham and eats it slow, just Do- like staring down Cobb. Do what you want. But if you get sick off of it, it's on you. Well, and everyone else too, I guess. Yeah, I take a big um. step away. <laughs> I will 100% tell Rada about that. Please don't. I don't need to give Rada any more barf stories, says Penelope. <laughs> so the party sets off into the jungle. According to the latest maps, the lava plain that was described to you is not particularly far off. Should be able to make it by midnight. But the jungle's very dense in this area, and the lava plains are not always friendly going, especially this late at night. So now it's time to head off into the jungle, and I have questions like, does anybody have any roles they would especially like to make in jungle? Uh, Yeah, Cobb is going to make a sensitivity survival roll because Cobb has been getting psychic messages that maybe a snake will bite you. From, I don't know where he got that, but that that can happen in this jungle. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Only Kat and Kirsten will get that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Tissa rolls two successes, an edge and a four on understanding navigation. If you keep the edge success, the road you go on won't be a safe one, but it will defo get you there. So Tissa stops... And looks at everyone and is like, um, it's faster to go that way, but, um, it's really thick there. It's really thick there. And there's like a little hill or something near the lava plains. And that might be weird, but it is faster. Can I roll before I respond or do we need to resolve that one at a time? You can absolutely roll before you say things. Cool. I would like to roll uh, adaptability navigation to try to, I'd imagine like living here for a long time and t- keep me honest. 
I would be able to detect like patterns in when some of the coral like regrows or moves to see if I would anticipate other changes that have made the maps already partially uh, out of date. Anyone else, I would say no, but a tracker, I would allow this, yes. Hell yeah, okay. One success, one edge. Yes, uh, Cobb also got one success, one edge on his uh, sensitivity survival, so but we can do that after. Bill, if you keep the edge successy, I'm going to make you scatter. Okay. Yeah. You have a special connection with the coral as a volcanic tracker. Yeah. And so this isn't so much a thing that you know as a thing you can feel. Okay, cool. And you can feel that, like, Tessa is correct. From a mapping perspective, you will be able to follow that path quickly. Should get you there by the time halfway through the night's done. Okay, and I'm taking one scatter? Yeah. Cool. Doing that and sort of like, I don't know, pulling at some pieces of coral or something, or just like leaning down and touching some and putting my finger up to the wind, I look back to Tissa and go, No, that seems like the right way to go. The faster we're through there, the better. It is night now, huh? But night might be good. Uh, When are the bats active around here? Because it's a bat bell. Maybe we should look for bats? I mean, bats as a whole are nocturnal. Mm Mm-hmm. But sometimes, like, fruit bats and stuff are slightly crepuscular or diurnal. Plus, it's a melta. It could be whatever you want it to be. This is true. The bats after which the bat bell was named are nocturnal. I've decided Cecile knows this. Oh, that's right. We should be able to see them nearby. Keep your eyes up. Mm. So, this way. I'm going to make a discovery roll. I'm going to roll understanding. Okay, something relevant. All right, and two successes. So, Penelope looks up. And silhouetted against a moonlit sky, Penelope sees a dark shadow moving around with jerky, rapid movements, bobbing up and down on the air with the awkward flapping of large leathery wings. Whatever it is, is fluffy looking, and it's hard to tell how big it is, but perhaps as big as a dinner plate, something like that. Can I tell from this distance what it is? I mean, actually, no, you got two successes on understanding, so you can, that's how bats fly. Okay. Uh, So Penelope points towards the shadow and says, I think those are bats. They're much larger than the ones in Northridge, though. Um, Am I right in assuming Penelope would seize, like, smaller bats back home? Oh, yeah, the bats you know of back home are, like, the size of a computer mouse. Yeah, did you see how big The flowers were on the drawing. They must be really big. Hmm. I wonder if they're searching for the flowers. Oh, I would imagine so. Maybe? I I don't know. I'm not a bat. (laughs) Kat, was that bat just like above us or was it in the direction that Tizza had pointed out? It was above, but it was flapping its way in that direction. Well, it seems we've found our guide. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Follow bat. Bat is friend. All right, well, be careful, everybody. Let's not follow the bat off a cliff or anything. <laughs> Penelope was planning on it, but now that you mention it, maybe not. <laughs> I mean, can't prom- make any promises. Well, uh, okay, except for Pollyanna. She'll probably be fine. 
And it's been a while since Pollyanna was on the Coral Coast. She's uh, enjoying the bounty of wild food she can find. Just occasionally grabbing leaves off trees as they pass. Picking up whatever she can find by the side of the path. Oh, those ones are sharp. They are sharp. And Pollyanna weirdly doesn't seem to mind. She does like to explore with her palate. Well, that makes sense. She's like her friend. Both of them seem to have an iron stomach. (laughs) (laughs) And you're not too long into the jungle. After you've been walking for maybe an hour or so, you break out of the jungle onto a great black lava plain. Just a swath of jungle that had been mowed over by dark rock. Here, there is open sky. The stars are shining. There is a lazy half moon hovering just over the horizon. And there is a wind, thank goodness, after the stifling heat of the tropical day. It is the dry season, but it is nonetheless more humid here than most of you are used to. Mm-hmm. And the moonlight casts long shadows over the uneven, flowing shapes of the lava plain. It looks like a great black river frozen in time. If your informant was correct, it was not far from a place lost to the lava plain that the grove of bat bells could be found. According to Tissa's map, you're about a quarter of the way there. Hmm. I think Penelope keeps her eye out for animals and things like that on the edge of the jungle, just, you know, being cautious. Tissa is looking around to see if she can see more bats. And that is four successes on sensitivity tracking plus discovery. You're so good at that. You're so good at tracking. They prefer to stay closer to the tree line, but you can see them, uh... Sticking to the jungle, but heading in roughly the same direction you are. They don't seem to like flying over the open lava plains. Cobb is just swatting at bugs and kind of turns to Cecile. Is this mosquito season? Should I apply more bug repellent? If you have it with you, it probably won't do much good. There's only just a non-mosquito season, and we're on the opposite end of the calendar. (laughs) Good to know. (laughs) <laughs> and Cobb, like, starts rooting through his pack. Cat, <laughs> uh, I have a survival specialty of eye spots. Uh, while oh, yeah. While terrain, I immediately, without rolling, become aware of any hidden natural dangers in a scene. Do I just do that? Oh, yeah, absolutely you do. Okay, I want to do that onto the lava. The natural dangers in the scene are as follows. The rocks are, like, Smooth in places and brittle in places wouldn't do to lose your footing. It's safer in the open than it is in the jungle where any number of predators could be lurking and any number of toxic anythings Mm -hmm. could do harm to your bloodstream. No, not my blood. No, you need your blood. I mean, at least last I checked, I need it. However, the ability only uh, says natural dangers, which means I'd like everyone to roll sensitivity for me, please. I'm going to stick with survival. Cobb is still on the lookout for critters. And I guess now also especially large mosquitoes. Okay. 
Cobb got two successes on sensitivity survival. Alrighty. Tissa got a success, an edge, and a four on sensitivity spirits. If you keep the edge success, I'm going to scatter you one. Uh, what's the difficulty? Two. Yeah, I'll take a regular scatter rather than an assist scatter. Yeah. I think Penelope's going to roll sensitivity riding. Um, she's keeping an eye on Polly and see how she's reacting. And she got, got noticed nothing. Who's? <laughs> she knows nothing. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> That's fine. I think it's Tissa that notices it. A shadow cast by the moonlight. A large one by the look of it. Larger than a lot of you put together. At times, it looks like a human shape or a collection of human shapes with dozens of arms reaching and grasping and dozens of legs walking, running, struggling, trudging over the lava plain. If it sees you, it's hard to tell. Horrors aren't bound by our laws of anatomy, after all. But it somehow seems to take notice of you nonetheless. And its translucent black arms and legs begin hauling it over the lava plain toward you. Grasping at nothing, grasping at stones, grasping at you. Very ready to make that threat real. Ooh. And I believe it's time for a fight. Uh, these guys again. These guys again. I, I want to fight Kathleen. I feel like I've gotten to know her over a while, and I know her weaknesses. Mm. That's a mm. lie. Nobody knows Kathleen's weaknesses. <laughs> <laughs> That's a trick and a lie. <laughs> a success in two edges from Tessa. Um, if you keep the edge successes, I'm going to lead with the mean thing. Nah. That's a nah from Tessa? That's a nah from Tessa. Cobb just got one. That was a lot of fours. Okay, we have a pool of two. Um, one success and one edge for Penelope. If you keep the edge successes, I will lead with the second meanest thing. <laughs> uh, I think I'll just take the one success. Uh, I just got one edge and that's it. How about I'll make you the target of the first thing that happens? Yeah. Okay. There we go. I can always trust Bill not to be a coward. <laughs> <laughs> we have four. That is correct. But party gets to go first. Um, what are the spell pieces here? The spell pieces in this area are peaceful, sealed, dark, shining, and ancient. Oh, and stone. Um... I think Penelope would like to cast a spell. I would love it if you would do that. So Penelope is going to cast Restoring Stone to make like this jagged stone barrier around the horror to make it more difficult for the horror to traverse the terrain and, and get to us. Okay. How much scatter would you like to spend? How much are you? I'm, I'm assuming you're adding to the pool, right? Yeah, yeah. I'll be adding to the pool. Okay. Mm, three scatter. So bring the pool up to seven. 
Tessa would like to use sensitivity survival to see it's lava planes uh, wants to know like how thick, how safe generally they are. They are slippery and sharp and brittle, but do we have to worry about like things cracking, that kind of thing? Yeah. Two successes. Two successes. Okay. This is getting a handle on the terrain, giving the party an advantage. Beautiful. The answer to that question is the dark may be your worst enemy here rather than the lava planes. That makes sense. Bill, Nick, your thoughts, your feelings, your concerns, your actions. Looking at our new fancy words here, I think Cobb is also going to use a spell. He is going to use shining water and empty one of the canteens into the air and the water droplets, instead of just being water, are going to light up and sparkle and give us some light so that way we don't, you know, fall off a cliff. Ah, uh, that's great. Oh, I like that a lot. So I'm assuming you're adding to the pool? Yes, this is adding to the pool. Okay, how much? We'll say three. I That seems like a good opening gambit. Okay. Bill. Yeah. Uh, so what are we at? Ten? We're at 11. We're at 11. Okay. I would like to cast Erupting Stone. And <laughs> I'd like to, it. yeah, crickle crackle apart of the lava flow beneath it and hopefully erupt with some hot lava. Okay. So are you looking to advance destroy? Is that what I'm hearing? I am looking to advance destroy. Difficulty on destroy is five. You can either spend five scatter or rather gain five scatter, or take some from the pool to help boost this. If it works for folks, I'll take the three that Cobb just put into the pool and then spend two of mine. Go for it. Cool. Oh, I did math bad. The party was at 12, not 11. Okay. Please tell me more about Erupting Stone. Yeah, I feel like so if we got to this clearing and I had walked from the front to begin with, uh, I got there, and as this thing is uh, coming towards us, I think I'm... I don't imagine I keep, like, big old weapons with me, so I have just, like, a box cutter um, that I uh, <laughs> stab down into the stone seemingly kind of uselessly and just sort of, like, give it a turn in such a way that, like, it just splinters through the lava flow towards this thing and the plates of it that form start to shift away from one another and provided there is hot lava that starts to bubble up from underneath it, it, like, cracks sort of like a spider web towards the horror and opens up and shoots out lava just below it and around it. Horrible. It hates it. Yeah. It actually extremely hates it. A sound comes out of the shadow like a dozen people screaming at once in one voice and in different voices. And they fade into nothing as if silenced. And now, now it is its turn. First thing that happens is gray smoke begins to pour out of it, filling the area with dim, thick, fluffy clouds of smoke. And if anybody wants to roll sensitivity rolls, they will have to uh, spend two from the pool to prevent this from happening. Otherwise, no sensitivity rolls for anybody. Uh, I think we should allow sensitivity rolls. Yeah, that seems worth spending. Okay. Okay. The next thing that happens is 
let's go with this one. The smoke all around you begins to darken. And soon it is not gray, fluffy smoke, but thick, oily, black smoke. The moon and stars can no longer be seen. And would you like to spend four or would you like to have that consequence from before and also to damage to everyone? Oh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't like uh, <laughs> I don't like that to happen. If we spend here, that would put us to f- three, three. Yeah, we're at seven right now. <sighs> well, we know the last thing's going to be targeted to me because that was what I. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Use my edge on. I mean, what? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we're all still at full, so I mean, I think we can all just tank the two because yeah, who knows what it's going to try and do to poor. I keep wanting to call him Cecil, but it's Cecile. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. So everybody takes two, and the scene is blanketed in an impenetrable cloud of smoke. Not ordinary fire smoke, but thick. You can feel it on the air. You can taste it. It is unpleasant. It is bitter and acidic, and the smell absolutely floods you. It's yucky, for sure. The next thing that happens is suddenly Cecile finds that a bout of flame just erupts in the smoke near him. This is a dual consequence. You can spend four and Cecile will not take three damage. Or you can spend six and also the fire won't happen. Ooh, um, I don't want that to happen. Uh, mm. Mm. How much do we have again? We have seven. Seven. Uh, I do want to keep a little bit for next time. Yeah. Flip side of okay. that, we could use the fire as um, like a navigation point if we're all surrounded in smoke anyway. It's, it can be, you know, a bit of a north star. Flip side of that, it's oily smoke. And this sounds like a big, um, we have been oiled and now we will be set on fire like in a JRPG. Right. Me? JRPGs? Kathleen? (laughs) (laughs) Cat would never JRPG. Thank you, Kirsten. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to advocate spending on this one. Yeah, me too. But... I don't know. Fair enough. It sounds like we've got half the party looking for it, so we can do more. Yeah, I'm fine with that. Four or six? Uh, Six. Okay. Well, that brings the party down to one. Mm Mm-hmm. The shining beads of light on the air are still water nonetheless and sizzle out against the flame as it erupts. And that is its turn. Mm. All right, next turn. I think... Cobb is going to draw his captain's dow and just say, back me up and head on down there. This is just the pool he's not actually trying to get destroy. He is basically trying to go down there and distract this thing uh, with sharp pointy metal that it doesn't like. Okay, all right. Okay, so I'm assuming you're rolling daring melee weapons. Is that what I'm hearing? That is correct. Okay, swatch me a buckle, Captain. Well, that's actually not too bad. That was three. All right, so brings us to four. Um, I'll follow the captain. 
I would like to take the other direction and actually try to advance destroy. But because the focus is put on Cobb, I'd like to roll subtlety melee weapons and come at it from behind. Beauty. Great. I like that a lot. Two successes. Do you want to take three from the pool to finish advancing destroy? I only need to take two from the pool because I have vengeance and I was uh, damaged you by the You were hurt attack. by it. No, the party prevented the damage. Oh, no, wait, it no. did the smoke yeah. thing. Yep. Yep. I think Tiss is going to try to add to the pool. Or Tiss- well, uh, well, that's not for you to say, is it? <laughs> that, was, that was very, um, just as, it came, as, as that came out of my mouth, I'm like, I think Tiss is going to, wait, no. I can't speak for Tissa. <laughs> well, and so actually, much- hold up. We didn't determine if we're cool with me spending two from the, the pool. Oh, yeah, we are. Okay, good. Let's do that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, What is our pool at now? Two. two. Now it's down to two. Two, okay. I think Penelope's going to add to the pool by casting Peaceful Wind to get rid of the smoke and add to the pool. That's on brand. Can Tissa join in? Oh, I would love that. Make that like peaceful wind respite or. Ooh. I like it. I like it a great deal. Cool. So how much scatter is everybody spend? Tis is going to throw four into it. Beauty. Penelope's going to throw three. Okay. So that brings us up to nine in the pool at the end of the turn. Mm-hmm. Very good. Very powerful. So... First of all, the smoke blows away, by the way. This is a one-round effect that it had. Smoke is blown away. You can see each other again. You can see what Cecile and Cobb are up to. And there is another shriek from within the horror, a plural shriek of despair and rage and terror. And I would like to offer you a deal. Uh huh. <laughs> that is to say, spend eight from the pool or everyone scatters too. Ooh. Hmm. Just scatters too? Just scatters too. Hmm. Mm. Well, I mean, Cobb is okay with that because Cobb doesn't use a ton of magic, but I will leave it up to our magic babies whether or not they want to uh, <laughs> keep the scatter down. The math works out even, but I don't want to be eating a ton of damage. I'm leaning let it go off. Okay. Bill? I'm good with that. I'd like to have the ammunition in the pool. So everybody feels that scream reverberate inside their skulls and feels a part of themselves lost to the world, just driven out of their head and into the jungle night. The next thing it is going to do is... Suddenly, the air around you heats to burning. You can see a heat haze at night. You can taste the heat on the air as it rises out of the stone, which begins to glow. And you can either spend three or everyone will take damage equal to their current scatter. (gasps) Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's let's spend the three. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, sorry, my that that, that was just a, a name. <laughs> oh, that would 
would not be a good task for Penelope. Mm. <laughs> I believe that's what the kids look for on the YouTubes under the reaction video. <laughs> well, I guess this is the reaction podcast. You're not the one who was about to take seven damage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and finally... One of those arms is going to reach out of its shadowy form and just grab Cobb. Grab Cobb with two arms now, one on each shoulder with a firm iron grip, trembling as if terrified. And you can either spend four or Cobb can't. Ooh. Does Cobb take any damage? Nope. Just loses his action. Mm. That's a good tuning for a season two character. Glad. And it's what? How much to prevent this? Four? Yep. I say let Cobb just get grabbed. He only put three in last time, so he'd be at a deficit if I had another sort of whatever roll. All right. So Cobb is grabbed and shaken by these shadowy arms. At- Cobb, Cobb can withstand some um, unwanted hugs. <laughs> yeah. And now it's the party's turn again. Why can't these things ever be the memory of, like, a bad party? (laughs) (laughs) Just some awkward conversation. Yeah, or like an awkward conversation. Why is it always with the the death and the the trauma with these things? (laughs) Why indeed? I have a quick question. What is your question? My assist pool is a different scatter than my personal scatter, right? I'm just double checking. Okay. Because Penelope is going to try to advance the destroyer check by um, shooting that awesome electricity bolt. Pew, pew. So she hops on Polly's back, hops up, and is going to pew, pew, two into her assist pool. Okay. So uh, I believe the next thing I'm going to ask you to do is roll me uh, daring ranged weapons, please. Alrighty. Remind me what lightning field adds. I have to open. Sorry. One second. I got to open the. Now it's a race. Now it's a race that I'm winning. Four additional successes. Oh, cool. I win. Thank you, Kit. <laughs> <laughs> So four, and then... You'll get it next time. Oh, three successes. Three successes. So now I've got a question for you. It costs five to advance destroy once. If you take three from the pool, however, that will bring you to ten. I would like to, if everyone's comfortable with that. Gonna gamble on it? Okay. Yeah. What's the pool at again, Kat? Six. Okay. Yeah. I say make the gamble. Live dangerously. And that would be four destroys. So if between Cecile and me, we can finish it off this turn? Hopefully. So now my question is, what do Cecile and Tessa do? Uh, We're down to three in the pool. I would like to... Fill that up to position Tissa nicely. Stay with me here. So, okay. Mm-hmm. What is the shape of like the arm or arm-like noodle that is holding onto Cobb? Uh, arm. Great. Yeah. Okay, and it's connected into like a shoulder. This thing has like a a shape that I understand. 
Yeah, it's kind of amorphous, but it has many arms coming out of its amorphous shape. So up to the shoulder, it has shapes. Cool. I would like to roll adaptability riding to jump onto Cobb's shoulders uh, and ride him and pull this thing uh, awkwardly to the ground uh, hand first. Yes. So you do not. Okay. I'm not sure where riding Cobb fits. Uh, I think you have to give it to him because Cobb did basically say that he's a big anime boat in the last arc. So. <laughs> Cobb is an anime boat. Okay. The well, idea is I'm not jumping onto the horror. I am riding Cobb to make it unable to hold both of us up together. Okay. All right. Real talk, I think that's athletics, but I think this is hilarious. <laughs> I mean, I could do athletics instead. <laughs> I just liked writing. Uh, that's three successes and an edge. Okay, so um, if you keep the edge success, you'll take a bad bonk and take two damage. Yeah, that's fine. Okay. <laughs> Tissa time. All right. And Tissa is going to charge in with daring mid-ranged weapons plus love because hands off the captain. Oh, Hands off the big guy. Yeah. That looks like two successes and two fours. Well, two successes is what you need because there's four in the pool. Great. Well, one success was what you need. Oh, I didn't need to use my key then. But it was good that you did. It was. It was characterful. It was characterful that you did. So please tell me about Tissa's mighty charge. Tissa has been a little bit away from the action because she's been hanging back casting spells, but this is a lot happening all at once. Cobb's been grabbed. Cecile is wrangling this creature. Penelope is in the air. And so everyone's moving. Tissa is moving. And I think that... As she's charging, like, Cecile more or less pulls the horror into her spear. Ooh. Oh, I like that a great deal. And it just goes straight through as if it weren't going through anything. Yeah. It absolutely does. Just a spear parts the shadows like they are not even there, and they scatter. As if this was not one entity, but dozens, each flying off in their own direction as their individual screams fade to nothing out on the moonlit lava plains until there is only silence and moonlight and the four of you and memories. Thank you. So my favorite memory is when Bill decided to ride Cobb because that, <laughs> that is, uh, Bill, I, I mean, that is exactly the kind of stuff Penelope would do. And I love it. <laughs> I love it. Well, moreover, that's exactly the sort of stuff that Cobb would do. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was. I, I did appreciate that. Also, of course, Cobb has to appreciate Tissa coming to his defense. He has big, the wobbly sparkle anime eyes because <laughs> so sweet. Yeah, 
Cobb will definitely be giving Tissa probably too big a hug next time. <laughs> yeah, that tracks. Cat, was I right about uh, the fire, or was there just the one combo attack? There was just the one combo attack. Oh, well. But I was just going to have fires that interfered with things you were trying to do later on. Oh, that makes sense. But yeah, the big one was the big one. <laughs> okay. It was a big one. That was that was a that was a tricky fight. Like <laughs> my favorite memory was everyone's reaction to that move. <laughs> uh Kat, I really like the description of the uh, arena we were fighting in. This like this lava flow in the middle of a jungle was really like crystal clear the way you uh, described oh, it. So I'm glad. Thank Good you. Good storytelling. Yay! Listener. Hey, listener. Here's another memory I have. You joining us. Thanks for that. Makes me happy. If you have your own memories to share with us about lava, and there's no reason why you wouldn't, if you have lava memories, you can share them a number of ways. You can find us on Twitter at Peach Garden RPGs. You can visit our website, sortofsymphonies.com, and fill out the little form there that will email things to me. Or you could join us either on the Heroic Discord or on the Be Gay Roll Dice Network Discord. Either way, we would love to hear your stories. We love to hear from listeners. It makes our day literally every time, so please do. And if you decide to check out the Be Gay Roll Dice Discord... Check out our sibling shows on the network while you're at it, because they're all fantastic. Heroic Chord is in open playtest right now, which means if you visit our website, I mentioned it a second ago, sortofsymphonies.com, you can download the manual as it stands right now, download a character sheet and a quick questionnaire, play it with your friends. I would love to hear about your stories, too. Become one of my memories by sending me yours. Oh, the more memories we share, the more energy that we get. Yeah, we do get energy from it. We will die if you don't. <laughs> Very true. But also someone else who may die if we don't mention them. Where can we find Bill? Nowhere. Okay, nowhere. Will you stop <laughs> bullying me about this? I thought, I thought we settled this. Bill is from look, the internet. Is, look, this is 2021. <laughs> I don't know. Check out my LinkedIn. <laughs> post with Bill on LinkedIn. Come on, we're trying to give you the hookup here with the branding. <laughs> no, you can uh, you can check out me uh, along with Kat, along with your previous guest Dylan, along with some other very very friendly folks uh, on Tales from the Tabletop. You can follow us at uh, tfttt underscore presents on. Is that even right? Right? Or is it live? No, it's presents. Yeah. On Twitter, uh, you can also check out tfttpresents.com. Uh, we will be launching uh, episodes of our first season of. Baleheart, sort of our capstone show, real soon. Yeah, can't wait. I can't wait. It's going to be wonderful. Everybody's wonderful. Everything is great. And listener, you're great too. Good night. We love you. Bye. Have a good night, everybody. Bye. Bye-bye. Be gay. Roll dice. An LGBTQIA actual play podcast network.
The Room Where It Happened is an actual play podcast built on communal world building and having fun with friends. Currently, we're exploring a world called Bleed, a sci-fi setting pulling elements from westerns and setting a space version of our home of Appalachia. It's a place still recovering from conflict, where resources and labor are less exports and more things to be taken for the more prosperous parts of the galaxy, with little thought given to those it is taken from. The Bleed is a place where people find strength in each other and do what is needed to make ends meet, whether or not the means are strictly legal. It's a place where the objects of work and war are beginning to wake up and decide to take their destiny into their own metaphorical hands. So join us as we follow a found family, as they search for that next job and maybe something a little deeper too. You can find new episodes every Monday on Spotify or your podcatcher of choice. Just search for The Room Where It Happened and check us out on Twitter at RoomWarePod. 